Hello, my Eminems, my haters, my naysayers, whoever is listening. This is another episode of Moscato Mishaps where we have real conversation about real situations with loads of wine. Um, it has been a minute. Oh my gosh, y'all. Like, it has just been rough coming up with creative content. Um, I mean, I've had everything I want to talk about for a while now it's just creating it and having the 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 space the safe space to talk about these things especially when it's happening to yourself it's been really difficult to just get on here and just talk about my emotions I can honestly say I'm not a vulnerable person like that so it's been very difficult to talk about things that might elicit some emotions for me So I apologize, but we are trying to get back on track with everything happening that's been happening to me, Um, um, whether it's COVID, whether it's Black Lives Matter movement, whether it's just a change in my daily routine, um, jobs changing, all of that. Uh, It's just been rough. It has been really rough, y'all. So I apologize, but we are trying to get back on ball with creating content for y'all um it's kind of been kind of nice to see that some other like podcasters and like um social media influencers or people just in general um have been struggling as well with putting out creative content and makes me feel a little better that it makes me feel better that I'm not alone in this situation which I already knew I wasn't but um, it did make me feel better just knowing that it wasn't just me being lazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew I needed this time to kind of get my mind right. So that's what I did. But we're back and we have a tough topic that I want to talk about because it's personally been affecting me for the last couple of weeks. Um, and I think that this is just a topic that needs to be discussed anyways because some people do not understand um, what's happening to them, what emotions are coming up, and why they're doing certain things, and why they're having certain behaviors. So this week's topic of discussion is the stages of grief. <laughs> yes, this week is more mental health than anything. So <laughs> yeah, sit back, relax with your wine, and let's enjoy the topic. So I have this week that I wanted to try. I was um, out at probably just a, a quick liquor store. I think at like a Publix liquor store um, because everything's been off and on like with curfews um, and then, you know, like restrictions, wearing a mask here and there. Some places just now starting to open up. It's been difficult to get to the liquor store like I want to to get my favorite wines my favorite Moscatos, but I was able to find a Moscato that um, is actually really good that I have never heard about. It's called um, Pumira Moscato, um, Sparkling Moscato. It's a um, sparkling Moscato, bubbly, sparkling bubbling Moscato that's from Italy. Um, it's a white Moscato. Um, what can I say about this taste? Honestly, when I drink this, I really think about like a um hmm. 
let me take a sip to kind of refresh my palate. But <laughs> um, I think of like pasta. I don't know. I think it's like a perfect like white wine to pair with like pasta or some kind of like fruits. Also, um, that might be good. It does have a hint of like peach um, and kind of like apple notes. Um, it's a sweet finish. Definitely a sweet finish. It's bubbly. Uh, it starts off bubbly. But it definitely has a sweet finish as it trickles down your throat or whatever. Um, it, I really do think it'd be good with some fruits. Its alcohol content is about 5.5%. Um, so this is another one of those, um, I'm not going to get really drunk type Moscatos. But I mean, if you're drinking Moscato really to get drunk, then I don't know what you're really doing. Because I drink Moscato just for the, the relaxation and the enjoyment not to get drunk <laughs> I mean I can but especially with some of the Moscato that I be drinking <laughs> it tastes like juice but I mean that's not really the purpose like you can go get some hard lick for that or some like stronger wine for that <laughs> but yeah it's a nice white wine like I said I would be good to just kind of pair it with um with like some fruit I was thinking like pasta like alfredo or something maybe maybe that i don't know it's just had a really nice kind of like rating when i when i was going to get it and i was looking up and on looking it up online it had a really nice rating you can get it at um i'm pretty positive you can probably get it anywhere because i got it at like a Publix um liquor store so if it's selling at Publix liquor stores i'm pretty positive you can get it anywhere um pretty positive i mean if not you can always try abc wine or um ABC Liquor or Total Wine, they'll probably have it also. So I hope you have your wine, whatever you decide, whatever you decide to drink today. We're gonna go ahead and take this sip and then get started with the combo. So stages of grief. Um, you might be wondering why this topic came to my head this week. Honestly, because I've been dealing with my own grief. And you might be wondering, like, oh, you and you didn't lose somebody close to you to COVID or whatever. Um, you didn't break up with somebody. You didn't end a relationship. Okay, nosy. Since you know so much about my life. <laughs> um, honestly, it doesn't have to always be about somebody's death or breaking up with somebody some type of relationship um experiencing grief doesn't have to be from somebody's physical death every time like that's a myth i want you to understand that now that is a myth let me give you the definition of grief in my perspective um so the definition of grief is a deep level of distress caused by or as if by bereavement or a cause of suffering big emphasis on cause of suffering <laughs> Why big emphasis there? Because it doesn't, like I said, it it can, you can experience grief, whether it's from somebody physically dying or you physically losing something or having a certain situation where you lose something and it causes you suffering. For example, um, losing a job. You can uh, experience grief there. Um losing um a parent in a divorce not being with that parent 24/7365 not being able to see that parent 
that can cause grief. Losing a pet. It doesn't have to be a person. It can be a thing. <laughs> um, losing a friendship. A lot of people think that we don't grieve because we lose friendships. If you had a best friend, if you and Sally Mae were best friends since kindergarten, do you really think y'all have a, a riffraff and y'all fall out and y'all are friends anymore? You're not going to grieve? You're not going to be upset? Mm, no, you are. Of course, we talked about relationships, but it can be certain things also. So if you like, you lose a campaign, if you are losing yourself, your anatomy, that can also cause grief as well. So it doesn't have to be, like I said, somebody's physical loss. It can also be just the loss of somebody's company, the loss of something that you've been accustomed to for so long that can cause grief, where you have to make these dramatic changes that can cause grief also. Losing your car that you've had for years, trying to figure out how you're going to get around because you got in this horrible car accident and now you can't afford another car, that can cause grief as well. Losing your job that, that you've been working at for 20 plus years, being laid off, especially during COVID. Not knowing what you're going to do for money. Take care of bills. That can cause grief, y'all. These things can cause grief. So our emotional responses to, to um, certain situations or certain things that we lose respond the same way that they do to death of a loved one sometimes psychologically physically they might still be there they might still be alive but psychologically it feels like you've lost them forever people don't understand that some of your responses and some of your emotions that are licked during certain time periods when you are going through big changes are because you're experiencing grief because you're experiencing grief and mourning at that time you think oh I'm just tired or oh I'm just this or I'm just that no you're you're going through something psychologically that is that is weighing down on your body psychologically your mind is saying oh my gosh I just lost this person place or thing what am I gonna do you might be running around still busy after you um, got into a car accident and you lost your car and now you have to take the bus to work every day. You're like, okay, whatever, I can still make it to work. But psychologically, your mind might be everywhere because you're just like, I can't take the bus to work every day. I need to figure out how I'm going to get a car. Oh my gosh, I have to go to court because I got in this horrible accident. My back has been killing me. There's been so much physical pain, but I don't want to tell anyone because then I won't be able to go to work. I need to go to work because of financials. Your mind could be scrambling at that moment. You could be losing it at that moment. The distress and anxiety from that grief and that mourning that, you, that you're trying to push to the side. Yeah, you're trying to push it to the side instead of dealing with it and healing from it. 
but we'll get we'll get on that. <laughs> There's also a such thing as ambiguous loss, which um, kind of discuss. Um, excuse me, ambiguous loss is basically when um, a person um, loses something or a loss occurs that doesn't have closure or clear understanding. So you're kind of confused about what happened and you're searching for answers and you're trying to figure out why this happened. Why did he leave me? Why did I get laid off? Why, why did they end up missing? Why am I, why am I so upset at him for leaving her? You know, like you start to question um, a lot of these things that happened to you that it revolves around the loss. You try to search for those answers and it complicates and delays the process of your grieving and usually resolves in frozen um, grief and causes trauma. Hmm. But you didn't know that one. (laughs) Some examples of ambiguous loss could be like kidnappings and um, when somebody ends up Somebody's body ends up missing. Well, somebody ends up missing. Excuse me. Um, some natural disasters that ha- happen and kind of like change your life, do a whirlwind on your life. Maybe cause problems to your house. Um, you lose something big because of a natural disaster. Um, hell, currently what we're going on with all the the deaths because of police brutality. That can also be ambiguous loss. And we, we sit here and we're confused and just upset because we're just like, why does this keep happening? We want answers. We want to know why did, how does this keep happening? And it's just going to keep causing trauma, racial trauma in this instance, if we're talking about those the deaths. Because we, we want to, to stay informed and we want to know what happened, but we're not getting the answers that we need and the need right now. And, and it's causing a lot of anxiety and frustration and anger. We're staying in that stage because we want those answers instead of us trying to continuously try to heal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So back to to my own situations. I mean, I have been dealing with um, normal loss and also ambiguous loss um, for me personally. Just kind of like the loss of like having somebody, a, a good friend, not like physically they're not dead. Um, just, you know, like being so accustomed to having somebody that you talk to all the time. That was a really rough kind of patch to kind of just let that go you know that was rough for me and it took me in a whirlwind um but also when it comes to the jobs also I went from working to not working to now being jobless um not necessarily because of COVID but because of other personal reasons and now I didn't think about that um and then when we get into police brutality, George Floyd's death, Breonna Taylor's death, you know, it just keep continuously happening and social media keeps just informing us of what's going on. And it's just 
so much ambiguous loss because I'm like, how does this keep happening? What is going on? And it's making me feel unsafe and full of anxiety and tense and just angry and emotional and all of these feelings are lifting because of the ambiguous loss on top of the the demons that I'm facing with my own normal loss. And uh, it's just been so much, <laughs> so much, so much, y'all, so much. Um, but I'm thankful because um, I have a great support system who's been there. And on top of that, I've taken the necessary steps I need for myself to kind of like step back and, and worry about my mental health before I can worry about anybody else's or stay informed as much as I want. Um, which I definitely recommend to anybody who might be experiencing any type of grief and mourning. Um, but, but we'll, we'll get on that. (laughs) So, um, of course, when we talk about any type of loss, it can cause trauma and, um, if it's not resolved or if it's, um, continuously, continuously cycled, certain parts of the stages of grief um so there's five stages of grief um there's always been a talk of seven (laughs) i thought those were funny when i looked those up but kubler ross created the five stages of grief kind of discussing um the five stages that don't go in any particular order it's not linear it can go in and out of different orders but um kind of discussing what you what you experience when you are grieving and mourning um and you know I always thought when I first learned this back in undergrad I always thought this was like mm, like a facade basically because I didn't believe that there was all these stages of grief you know what I mean until you really experience your own stage of grief your own like grief and loss and mourning um that's when you you notice and you like become conscious of the stages of grief that's when you notice that like oh shit (laughs) oh shit this is real (laughs) this isn't a joke you know you like you go from loss hurt to loss adjustment with these stages of grief and you 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 have such a traumatic like imbalance of emotions that happen from shock to denial to emotional outbursts anger fear um panic loneliness isolation depression and then you go from from that to to happiness joy hope affirmation and wanting to help others feeling accomplished you know like <laughs> it's such a traumatic whirlwind of emotions that you go through to 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 heal when you lose something that is just so it's so exhausting it can be so exhausting to deal with if especially if you're doing it on your own like so exhausting to deal with so exhausting to 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 feel especially when it's ambiguous and you don't know why you feel this way or you don't have those answers that you need to help heal. It's tough. It's tough, y'all. It's tough losing things, people, placing things. <laughs> it really is. 
but it's all about how you go through it and you being acknowledged, um, being accountable. Um, that's not what I wanted to say either. That's not the word I wanted to say. Not being acknowledged. Kind of like being acknowledged. I can't think when I start drinking wine. <laughs> Just being honest. Um, um, not accountable. Hmm. I can't think of the word, but just being, um, just being, it's going to come to me as soon as I say it, but just knowing, you know, like what these stages are and what you might be going through, you know, like that's important, a hundred percent important. So I'm going to take the sip of wine, even though I can't think of the word I want to say knowledgeable. Mm, yeah, I guess just being knowledgeable. That's not what I want to say though. <laughs> Let me take this sip. So, Cuba Ross's stages of grief start off with, um, there's five, like I said. Um, like I said before, there's like seven that you can find on the internet, with one being like shock and six being like testing the waters. Like, I mean, Shocked is kind of obvious. I don't really think that you need to be shocked and denial are kind of like similar. And then testing waters is kind of just like bargaining. So, okay. But, but I mean, I guess it's, it can be different, especially if you're testing waters um, before you go into acceptance. Like maybe if I. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's literally bargaining in my mindset, but so there's five that um, get recognized. There's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Like I said before, a lot of times um, people do not experience these stages um, in order. It is not linear. Linear, excuse me there's a chance that you might experience denial and then experience bargaining and hell then experience acceptance or you might not even feel denial you just might feel anger and depression and then acceptance or you might accept it and or you might just feel anger and bargaining and then cycle because you just want to go back into what you were doing so you bargain with god or bargain with whoever to be back in a relationship now you're back in a relationship and you're cycling once again because your relationship ended again so now you're feeling angry again and denial again because you're doing this once again now you're feeling depressed and <laughs> so it cycles like i said um it can cycle it can be it doesn't have to be linear um let's go with denial so denial is basically kind of the belief that this isn't really happening your preferred reality is not happening well your preferred reality is still happening and this isn't it you know like when you're just like with a relationship or something you're just like your home this boy that you've been dating for what two years breaks up with you and you're like what the fuck and you don't believe it you're like nah he's gonna come back it's whatever he just needs a break you know like whatever we do this all the time he just needs a break whatever you know so like you go through denial because you think that this is nothing it's not gonna it's this is not the preferred reality that i want 
so I'm not going to experience it for real. Um, and then once you hit denial and you realize after a period of time that this shit is real, a lot of times we go into anger because we, we're hit with new reality and we want to lash out at it because we don't like being in this uncomfortable situation. Now we're sitting in an uncomfortable situation because we thought that our preferred reality was going to continue, but (laughs) real life is slapping you in the face and you don't like it. (laughs) So it's like um, going back to a relationship, my boyfriend of two years or whatever broke up with me and I'm just like, nah, whatever, he's going to come back. And then it's been two weeks and he hasn't texted me, called me or FaceTime me or whatever. So now I'm getting pissed off because he playing fucking games. Like, don't be in my phone playing these games. acting like you're not going to get back with me when you know you are. Um, And you're like not understanding why he hasn't hit you up or why y'all haven't talked um, and everything. And feeling just angry at that whole situation now because it's not going the way you want it to go yikes Mm. angry because it's not going the way you want it to go i'm hitting a nerve (laughs) so then we go from feeling angry after a period of time um also these stages don't have a time period just want you to know you could be sitting in anger for a while and feel the bargaining process for like one hour and just be like okay whatever i don't know an hour an hour might be too short a time but you know what I mean. Um, we go from the angering process to the bargaining process because we're realizing that this is this new reality that we're going to have to face. And again, we are still uncomfortable and we want to go back to what makes us comfortable. So we're bargaining with God or bargaining with whoever. So if if I work out 10 days a week, then... Um, please let me have my boyfriend back. Or if I read my Bible 10 days a week, <laughs> 10, I don't know where I got 10, seven days a week. Um, if I read my Bible seven days a week, then, um, please let my man come back to me, blah, 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 all that other stuff. Or if I don't go out to eat for, two months please let me buy please let me have enough money to buy a car I mean it's possible but <laughs> bargaining with whoever to to get your comfort back to to get back in that comfortable zone because you just don't like change you, you're not used to the change or the reform that has to happen in your life so you'd rather go back to comfort and we have to learn how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable i'm gonna say that one more time learn how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable that's something that we all like are challenged with literally sometime throughout our lives and in a lot of cases people when they do become uncomfortable in certain situations They'll cycle um, cycle back to what makes them comfortable, even if it is a toxic situation or something that's going to hurt them in the long in the long run. They'll cycle back to it and stick stick there and settle whatever with that situation because 
they'd rather be comfortable than experience that uncomfortable feeling for a little bit of time with new changes, new hope, new feelings, you know? So mm, that's where a lot of people, I feel like personally, a lot of people start to, to um, cycle when it comes to anger and bargaining. And our next one, depression. I definitely think that people um, cycle when it comes to depression because we're starting to see that now that bargaining is not working and we're having to see that we have to to either deal with this new change or sit in our sadness, um, sit in our feelings and not move forward. Um. And that's where a lot of people, I feel like, like I said, I think, psych, um, oh my gosh, cycle. Um, so when I talk about cycling, I basically mean they go into a period where they go back to that, their old normal, quotation mark, quotation mark. Um, a lot of times this is relationships. But when it comes to like death, um, they'll do old things that they used to do when that person was there. So like if they had a routine of going to visit their grandmother every Sunday, they'll go and visit the house still every Sunday um, and just keep cycling. And I'm not saying that cycling is always a negative thing. Um, with certain routines, it might help you move on. It might help you come to number five, which is acceptance. It might, but also sometimes that cycling process of going back into your old normal instead of trying to embrace the reality, which is coming forward, um, and the change that's coming forward, um, you know, you, you, you just settle with it you settle and that puts you in sitting it puts you in a depressive state because you're um, settling with these emotions these negative emotions and settling with the sadness knowing that this is not what you want but you'd rather just do it because you don't want to feel uncomfortable and I say that a lot when it comes to like relationships because a lot of people would rather go back to the person who hurt them and and deal with that bullshit once again instead of moving on they would rather try to make amends work with a man who blatantly cheated on you and told you he cheated on you and still is talking to other people but has you up in his bed because you you're uncomfortable you don't want to you don't want to move on not saying you need to move on right now to a new man but sis, you think this is healthy for you to keep going back to that man who would hurt you and continuously keeps hurting you and does not care because you're uncomfortable with moving on? You're uncomfortable with this new normal? For example, with COVID, a lot of people will try to go back and, and, and blame everything and blame everyone else. They'll sit in the anger stage and be upset at the world and become depressed because they want their old normal back. So they'll become depressed because they're sitting with their emotions instead of trying to move forward and embrace this new normal. 
They'd rather be upset and, and mad and, and, and hate the world because they can't have that old thing back. They can't have their old job back. They can't have their old time schedule back. Instead of trying to move forward, find a new job, find a new hobby, find a new career, go back to school. New changes. So when you when you get to that point where you have accepted that you're not gonna, you can't go back to your old life or you can't go back to your old normal and you have to move on to your new normal, that's when the depressive feelings start to subdue and you start building the strength and this hope and these affirmations and you want to be around people again and feel lively again. And you started to accept that things are not going to be what they used to be, but it's okay. I'm going to keep treading along and embracing what this new reality is and what's going to happen. And you gain satisfaction knowing that you've accepted that and that you you um, are able to, to move on and take those big steps and change. <laughs> so, I mean, when we, when we think of the stages of grief, um, some people think of it with their relationships. Some people think of it with their jobs, job loss. Some people think of it with plain old death. Some people think of it with ambiguous loss what's going on in the world right now. And it, it's okay. All of those are okay. It, it's Never let somebody tell you that having these emotions and having these feelings are bad. It's okay to feel that denial. It's okay to feel that anger. It's okay to want to bargain for what you want and instead of what you need. It's okay to feel those depressive symptoms. Doesn't mean that you're going to be diagnosed with depression, point blank, period. Um, and it's okay to, to finally be lifted out of all that negativity to positivity to feel acceptance. It's okay. These are normal. This is normal. When you're grieving, when you're mourning, it's normal. It's normal to have those feelings. It's okay to have those feelings. It's understandable to have all of that. It is. But you want to get to 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 acceptance stage. That should be the, the role. That should be the goal. With everything that happens and continuously happens, it might be stressful. It might knock you off your feet a couple of times. But your goal should be to accept what you can't change. Accept what's happening in your life at that moment. And continue to keep treading forward. Reflect on what has happened and make decisions so that you can move forward positively. And not continue cycling in this grieving process. Because you're uncomfortable with being, you're uncomfortable with new change. You want to be comfortable 
instead. You want to go back to your old thing. You want to go back to your old life. Newsflash, baby. It's 2020. Things are changing all around us. (laughs) We have to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. We have to. Regardless of what kind of grief we experience, you have to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And you have to learn how to move on. Now, I'm not saying go be around those people who tell you you'll be all right, it's okay, things will get better, la, la, la. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that that's going to help you move on. I feel like those people are really kind of negative Nancy's in disguise. And sometimes you really need that support, and they have not given you that support that you need. I'm saying for your own mental um, ability, for your own self, your own mental health, accept these things. What you can do is accept it. Become aware of your actions and your feelings. If you know you've had a big change in your life, that's causing you a little bit of mourning and grieving. And it doesn't always mean, let me, let me, good Lord. Let me literally summarize this. When we talk about grieving and mourning, it does not mean you have to be crying. Jesus Christ, I feel like I got to take a sip on that because people do not understand that. Excuse me, y'all, but people do not understand when you are grieving and mourning, it does not have to be boo-hoo crying it doesn't have to be feeling like shit 24 70 65 it doesn't people grieve and mourn differently just because you're crying doesn't mean just because you're crying and your brother isn't doesn't mean he's not grieving also some people suppress their feelings i hate to tell you that but it happens also some people grieve differently Your behaviors could be telling me how you're grieving. Some people grieve by crying and flushing out those toxins. Some people grieve by going and doing destructive shit to make them feel better. Some people grieve by going straight into the depression stage. And hiding themselves from everyone. Some people grieve by being assholes. Men. Not saying it's all men. But y'all grieve also. Y'all do emotional. um, Y'all act out of emotion. As well as women. I hate to admit it. (laughs) I really don't, but... I I love to admit that (laughs) to people because men act like they don't act out of emotion, which I think is crazy. But yeah, your behaviors can tell me that you're grieving also. It doesn't always have to be the crying that people do. I don't know what it is, but when I when I was making this. Um, where I was just writing these notes about the stages of grief and thinking about this podcast, I was thinking of Adele (laughs) because Adele is like queen of 
anger when she's having her like when she's having a breakup. Excuse me, her like songs just hit so hard. Honestly, I can listen to them without feeling any type of like emotionally like depression or anger, anything. Um, sometimes I just want to sing my heart out. <laughs> and they're the perfect songs to do it. But I was thinking of um, um, Adele rolling in the deep or set fire to the rain. Ugh, those songs, like, literally scream. Stages <laughs> of grief. Number two, anger, literally. <laughs> oh, snap. So, um, now that you kind of know what the stages of grief are, just to kind of, like, go over... Um, what you can do in a situation where you are grieving or mourning or experiencing a loss um, and you don't really know what to do. Um, you kind of notice some of your behaviors and um, some of your actions kind of result with some of the, the stages that might be occurring in your life currently. And you just don't know what to really do. I would personally say um, right now to... Um, become aware of your actions and your feelings that um, are happening. So like I said, people act out of emotions sometimes. Um, it's not always crying. Some people like to, to pay, do payback and, and all the other shit. So that could also be a, um, a result because you're, you're angry or you're depressed. Um, take notice of some of the actions and those emotions that you're feeling um, and kind of notice like maybe where you are, what stage you're experiencing, where you are and your healing roller coaster. Um, uh, I would say also journal um, to keep up with those emotions, to keep up with those actions so you become more aware so that you can learn good coping um, mechanisms instead of taking it out emotionally, taking your anger out emotionally or taking your depressive symptoms out and doing drastic things um, or trying to bargain with everybody in their mama so you can have your old life back, um, you know, or just telling yourself, I don't have emotions, I'm not feeling this, I'm not feeling that. I'm so sick of hearing that. Like, oh my gosh, y'all have no idea. Like, I don't feel that. I'm a real G. You not. You really not. You suppressing the hell out your feelings. You got feelings. You you know what's going on. Like, you're upset about something. You are experiencing some type of mourning, but you don't want to tell me. No, no, no. Cut the bullshit. So, um, experiencing that and and journal, maybe write a letter to your grief, um, a letter to your problems, what's been happening. Um, talk about that. Um, reach out to your support systems. Definitely, 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 definitely. Um, especially when you start to feel those suppressive symptoms. Um, they can hit fast and they can hit hard. So please, so when you start to feel that, talk to your support systems. Let them know what you're feeling. Let them know that you just are just uh, so upset. You're numb to this. You're upset. Like, the stress is killing you. All that. Let them know. So they can be support supportive to you. Let them know what you need right now. Get busy. A lot of times, a good way to cope. I'm not saying suppress those feelings. Feel those feelings. You're going to feel them anyways, so feel those feelings. But 
also you don't want to sit and bask in your grief you don't want to sit there and think about it 24 7 365 you don't want to be sitting there laying in bed thinking about johnny all night so you can't sleep you're you're having insomnia now because you just wish that johnny was here and you know johnny's not going to be there johnny's not coming back but you're so upset get busy find a distraction Find a distraction to kind of help you not sit in those emotions, to sit in those feelings. I want you to experience those feelings. Take notice of those feelings that you're feeling. And accept that those feelings are okay to have. But find a distraction or to get busy so that you're not sitting in those emotional feelings, putting yourself in depression because... You don't want to do anything else but think about so-and-so. Also, be gentle with yourself, too. Realize that this is a healing process. This is going to take time. This is not a quick fix. I don't know any people who can get over a five-year relationship in, like, five minutes or, like, five days. They not over them, dog. I want newsflash. You're not over that person. You're really not. You're not. So you're suppressing your emotions and you're trying to find new ways to cope with the the healing process that you don't want to do or deal with because you don't want to be alone for a period of time or you don't want to um, you don't want to feel that anger. You don't want to have that person kind of absorb in your mind. Instead, you rather go out and fuck um, all these people you rather go have like seven million fuck buddies, which I'm not slut shaming or anything like that. If you want to go and have all those partners, you can. But if you just got out of a relationship for five years and then you want to go fuck everybody else, you clearly are telling me that you are suppressing your emotions. <laughs> clearly. Clearly. So, heal, heal, heal. Oh my gosh, heal. It's perfectly fine to go through this cycle, but you have to heal and from it and learn from it also. Don't go and and get to the acceptance stage and feel like you can finally move on and then go do the same exact shit. Like, what was the purpose of you feeling all this pain going through this whole process? Your body is going to slap you in the face and be like, bitch, what was the real purpose? Now we're going to do this all over again because you decided to choose another fuckboy. No, hell no. Learn from your process. Learn from it. Learn about yourself. Also, learn what what it is that makes you tick when you're angry. Learn what you need to do to stay out of a depressive um, stage. Learn what it is that, what support you need during those times. Learn about yourself. Learn about your healing process. And learn from the whole process in general so you don't make the same mistakes twice. Please, Lord have mercy. And the big one that I basically already said, don't fall for the trap. Don't fall for it. Ladies, gentlemen, whoever, don't fall for the trap. While you out here bargaining, if it's thrown at you, don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a setup. It's a setup. (laughs) It is. It's a setup for you to go right back into what you just deal with. And if you feel like that was hell at that moment, imagine doing it twice. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 
you got me fucked up. <laughs> if I'm going to see the client, see a client go through this twice. <laughs> and I'm not going to say nothing. Okay, I'm definitely going to say something. <laughs> mm. Mm-mm-mm. Let me take a drink to that. So my M&Ms, whatever it is that you might be going through at this moment, whether it is normal loss or ambiguous loss, whether it might not even be a loss in general, you just might need somebody to talk to right now. You're feeling lonely because times are changing. Things are changing. Please, 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 please take these um, into consideration and um, utilize them. Honestly, utilize it. Think about your life in the stages of grief. Think about some of the actions that you might be having towards your friends and family. Is it because I'm angry or is it because I can't get over my relationship with Tom, Dick, or Harry? Mm. Is it because I feel like I'm depressed or is it because I'm upset because I lost my job and I want to go back to my old normal and I haven't accepted the new normal yet? Mm. Take, in, take that into consideration and utilize it, honestly. We all go through grief at a point in time in our life, whether we want to or not. Whether it's a close family friend, um, family or friend, um, hell, pet, or if it's happening personally to you, or if it's something that you're seeing on social media. It's a type of grief. Um, just don't ignore what you you feel and what you know is going on heal take that time to be gentle to yourself and heal because if you don't heal you're just going to continue to keep going through that cycle and it's going to be more and more painful every time you do it until it stops you in the face mm. this wine is popping though <laughs> I've done y'all until we talk again this is Moscato Mishaps. I will see y'all. Well, talk to y'all, I guess, soon.